everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> They'd be sitting in the back and the pirate's like, or the pilot, is like yelling into his microphone. He's like, is he Arr. saying Mayday? I can't, like, what? Is he saying Mayday or Matey? <laughs> Yar Mayday. <laughs> We've been going down. Uh. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, ladies and gents. Who are you? Of the jury. My name is Max. My name is Victor. Victor is currently the name of the bad guy in the one book I'm reading. <gasps> I think it will continue to be his name, but it's also currently his name. Very, very good name. <laughs> Maybe he might need an alias. You don't know if he's a bad guy. He needs a good shotgun in the face is what he needs. Most bad guys do. Ugh, he's Most. one of the worst. Anyway. Uh, and <laughs> without further ado, I'm Kitty. And this is our sometimes weekly podcast. Hopefully weekly movies. from now on. Called Hounds of Horror. Was Calcifer ever fed? Yes. Barf. Just wanted to make sure. Sorry, just thought we were mistreating our dog. Oh, and also, we don't have a soundproof room, and our neighbors are having a fire and so there might be sounds occasionally and the dog won't stop whining so there's a drone out there by the way i shut the lid on the cooler to sit down and like i sat down here like and i'm like did i just like shut a whole nest of bees like in this cooler and i'm like well i want to get up now but then like he's like i saw it and it was up there schrodinger's bees There are both bees under me and not bees under me. A beehive, a cesium atom, and a bottle of poison. (laughs) Actually, I guess they both are and are not Schrodinger's bees. Saw a picture um, the other day of a cat sitting outside of a house, and there was a box inside of the house. I love you, but no. That was funny. All right. So, uh, you can reach us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. I don't remember if we said that this time, so I'm saying it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I don't think we did say that last time. It doesn't matter. And this week we did the thing, and last week we didn't announce that you can rent it from Amazon Prime and I think also YouTube. I got it from YouTube. Okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on Netflix. It was on Hulu, but you had to get like Hulu plus... Something Hulu for like premium. $68 a month yeah. or something. Hulu plus gold platinum star ultra edition. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually come to like, I got Hulu to watch Letter Kenny, and it turns out they have a quite a wide array of adult. Wide away. Wide away. A wide array of adult animated shows that I do so enjoy, like mm. Bob's Burgers yes. and American uh, Dad. And- anime in general, they're pretty good about. They have a much larger library than uh, Netflix and Amazon combined. You know what? 
I believe that. Um, I think Netflix has the superior production company at the moment for making yeah. its own shit. I mean, they are like out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> like they should be SpaceX and something. But um, uh, Netflix lost American Dad. And I was like, hey, what happened? Why isn't American Dad on here anymore? And they're like, oh, it's a licensing thing. If they just fucking told me that Hulu had the license for it, like I would have gone watch it on Hulu. But they, of course they won't say that because that's a competitor. <laughs> uh, I have both. I, at some point, I My think. My grass is always that- green. This is so off topic, but I think eventually Netflix will generate enough income based on their private projects, their like their personal projects, mm. that they'll be able to afford <laughs> shows again. Probably Hulu has more money because they have the the add on service that they get extra money for, and they have the lowest tier, which allows for advertising. Right. So like. Boy, if you thought you were coming to listen to us talk about (laughs) horror movies, were you wrong? This this is important. It is. But, I mean, Netflix, like, there's been petitions where people need to, like, they need to let those movies be, like, considered for, like, uh, Oscars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they should. Because, like, Extraction is, like, one of the best movies I've ever seen. His house. Like, these don't, they don't get the acclaim that they should be getting because it was just right to Netflix. Mm -hmm. Right to Netflix, yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Life's anyway, not fair. It's not. So, the John thing, Carpenter's The Thing. Yes, My favorite the horror movie of all time. 1982. 82, that's right. Version, not the 1952 or the 2011. It is the 1982 version. Correct. Um, I, I had been avoiding watching the 2011 version because I had thought I'd heard bad things about it. But then, Max, you said last week that it was worth watching. I think it is. Okay. My tattoo artist told me it was great and that I'm missing out. So I thought, well, I trust him. So I watched it and I liked it. Oh, I thought you were going to just... <laughs> Say that you recommended it to us on his recommendation. Yeah. No, no. I think it is. My tattoo artist recommended it, so that's good enough. They kind of... We're not going to do that one for the podcast because I'd be the only one that chooses it probably. But they, they kind of remade the 1982 the thing like they had a lot of similar scenes but it's explaining what happened before the 1982 thing um Hmm. and it was good like the thing's taking people over and like they're looking at people's mouths because if their fillings are gone they know that they're a thing because it couldn't reproduce the fillings that's actually really smart oh spoilers it ate somebody and like they found like a piece of like surgical steel in it and they're like oh it threw this up because it couldn't use it and so they're looking at people's mouths and somebody's like, my fillings are porcelain. <laughs> and they're like, get over there. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to I I do want to watch it. And I wanted to try to watch it before this, but it's actually probably best that I didn't because it might have influenced my opinion on this in some fashion or another. But I will watch it. On your recommendation now, I will watch it. When um, did you first watch The Thing? The This movie? This The Thing. Like, I don't know, 18, 19 years ago? That's what I th- had thought. I don't understand. What are like, you not watching? If I had watched that movie, then I may have wanted to talk about it, and it may have influenced how I talked about this movie on this podcast. Oh. So it's probably best that I didn't, because okay. it may have screwed things up. I was gonna say, unless you've never seen the 1982 thing, didn't. then you have a really great chance of seeing the prequel after. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, yeah, so this had been the first time that I had seen it the whole way through. I had seen bits and pieces of it, and more of it, it came back to me as as we were watching it because one of my biggest aversions to it is the dog dies well oh 
that's annoying as fuck. There's like 17 dogs and 30 <laughs> days of night ripped that whole thing off. But um, <laughs> no, my, my biggest issue, and I think I actually mentioned this during 30 days of night, is the fact that it's in a cold place. Uh, I hate movies that take place in the cold. See, I think that adds to my uh, enjoyment of it. I really like the isolation factor. Because the environment's already hostile, you know? Especially well, in Antarctica. That just, it's it's too much for me. <laughs> I, like, I hate the cold, and like it's almost like I can feel it when I'm watching things mm. that take place in the cold. <laughs> and I don't want that. Because I hate it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make it more enjoyable for me. <laughs> All right. So. You wouldn't like Frostpunk, I guess. <laughs> Who was in this movie, Max? Well, <clears throat> we have a... Just... Just... Well, well, that decides what it wants to do. First and foremost, we have Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go into his list of movies. He's a just very a young Kurt Russell. Baby. He was so young. I mean, so was Keith <laughs> David back then too. Um, I also think that Vic looks a little bit like a young Kurt Russell. I've never been so flattered in my life. Just a smidge, perhaps, like a Snake Plissken Kurt Russell. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been in. He was in the Deepwater Horizon movie, which was actually pretty decent. Um, Not to be confused with Solid Snake, which I did for a long time. <laughs> you Snake Plissken and Solid Snake? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're similar in appearance, yeah. I suppose. Both of eye patches for some reason. <laughs> um, eye patches were all the rage in the well, 80s Well, okay. 90s. I think I remember hearing that Snake, Solid Snake was inspired a lot from Escape from New York, which was very popular overseas and not necessarily very as popular, popular here too. I was gonna say it wasn't that popular, but maybe I was wrong. I thought I remember. I've seen that, that movie, and oh, okay. I haven't <laughs> seen a lot of the movies. I wouldn't peg that one as one that Kitty would go out of her way to see. No, <laughs> no, it was always on the TV at my friend's house, and they had um, um, Lee Van Cleef. That's a very good point. A very yeah. good point. Yeah, I very distinctly remember at, at my one friend's house, um, I was exposed to Escape from New York. Um, Mad Max. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of Mad Max. Waterworld. Waterworld was alright. Like, just the, I have very distinct <laughs> memories of those three movies <laughs> from um, being at well, the They're house. all like vaguely post. Well, two of them were post apocalyptic. One of them is verging. Yeah, they were like all real into that, like, <laughs> kind of thing at their house. So, fun thing. little fact of trivia about Waterworld uh, it is to date, if you account for inflation and all that, it is to date. The largest, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Flop of all time. Really? It made like Why a. Why do quarter. I say that? Like I'm surprised. I'm- yeah, it made like a quarter <laughs> of the amount of money they put into it, and it was it was a huge, huge disappointment for the studio. Which is really funny because it has such a cult following now. Well, that's kind of the same thing with John Carpenter's The Thing, 1982. I'm not going to go into details. Yeah. But it was overshadowed by certain other movies at the time. And now, it, like, since it came out, it has gained a big cult following. And I'm one of them. You're in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I I told you guys I had a dream. You did. About the thing. I just don't remember all their actual names. But you have Keith David. <gasps> he played Childs. Oh, that voice. You could spread it on it's, toast. Yeah, like, he's he does so much voice acting nowadays. And he's in a lot of movies and stuff, too. Goliath from Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. Spawn from the animated Spawn series. The Newt Emperor from Amphibia. Mm-hmm. Um, the Navy commercials. Every time I hear you say Amphibia, my brain repeats it to the tune of the Activia jingle. 
So it just goes, Amphibia, in my head. Like, I don't know. It's... Hmm. Okay. All right. So? so Keith David. <laughs> we also had um, Wilford Brimley. Oh, boy. <laughs> Brimley. Uh, he, he is best known, I guess, for a, ser- a series of movies called Cocoon, oh. which I've never seen. They came out in the 80s, too, though. I think he's actually most well-known yeah. at this point as the Diabetes guy, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> That's where I knew him from until I saw this Me movie. Me uh, too. <laughs> but he has done other stuff. Um, he has. He passed away last year. Brian Dennehy passed oh, away last year. I didn't know either of those. Yeah, they're both gone. Uh, yeah, it was a shame. I was watching Blacklist and Brian Dennehy's in that. And at the end of season seven, they said, in memory of Brian Dennehy. And I was like, the fuck? Yeah. Yep, sure Who's enough. Brian Dennehy? Uh, I'm trying to think of something we all watch that you would know him from. He was in Silverado, the 1985 remake, as the bad sheriff, or marshal, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what else was he in? See, like, when you ask me now, I can't think yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was in this. No. Oh. Who? What's okay. his name? I, I'm sorry. I just said Wilford Brimley passed away. Yeah. Okay. And also Brian Dennehy. I heard Brian okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, he was in that uh, movie with uh, oh the other big guy that passed away. But he was young. Saturday Night Live guy. Oh, come on! What the hell's his name? Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Oh, what yeah. What movie was that? With him and boy. David Spade? Tommy Boy. Jesus Lord, I couldn't think of any of that. Tommy Boy was a great movie. I don't like David Spade, but I like Tommy Boy. Uh, David Spade, I think in certain roles I really like what he yeah, does. Yeah, I can take him or leave him. He's not like Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell can get the fuck out of I prefer to leave movie. them both. Let's put them both in a room and just watch them like... Slowly eat each other. <laughs> I think that Will Ferrell would eat David Spade alive. <laughs> like... <laughs> Will Ferrell's definitely more crazy, I think. <laughs> But. I literally don't know who this person is. I'm sure I've seen him in things. You have. Um, I think he's... Isn't he always, like... Like, a commander in things? Like... Uh, later on? Like, angry military man? Kinda. Let me see. In the blacklist, he was an angry ex-KGB agent. Oh. Okay. I was... I'm realizing now that I did not know who you're talking about. In this one I had picture, a totally different idea. But I mean, yes. he wasn't a spring chicken in 1985. And <laughs> in this one picture, he looks a little bit like Ted Nugent. It's just this one picture. Ted though. Nugent. <laughs> also, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything Ted Nugent hasn't killed? <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that too loud. Like, he'll show up here. Like. <laughs> You're not wrong. He's a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> Even the Predator's I don't like... support a lot of what he does, but I kind of wish I had his, like, bravado, I guess. <laughs> his confidence? Like, like the Virgin Mobile guy. I don't like that guy either, but I kind of wish I had his whatever. His spunk. His... Zeal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, his... No fucks is basically what it is. Kinda. Like they just have no fucks about anything. <laughs> All right. Oh my god. Wilfred Brimley. Uh I don't remember the other actors' actual names, but Norris and Doctor Copper from this movie were in a western together called oh. Pale Rider with Clint Eastwood. 
Yeah. So I, I, I watched this and then I watched Pale Rider. I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that was them. Wait a minute. Together again. <laughs> the other guy, Gary and Knowles, um, I don't really remember seeing them in it much else. A bunch of these guys I recognized from bit parts in TV shows, but that was about the extent of it. Yeah. It was Windows. <laughs> now I just imagine when he passes out going, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Oh, um. that would have been so funny if after Wilford Brimley whacked him with the axe and he passed out and be like, well, Windows crashed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bill. Uh, <laughs> don't send your hit squad to my house. Put glasses on him and have the blue screen on <laughs> That being said, I've only ever used Windows. I've never never messed with Linux or anything. Uh, I say Linux. Why say Linux? I say Linux. Okay, well, I also don't mess with Apple or Mac. Don't mess with Apple. I don't mess with them and I don't use their products. So we have a a mutual understanding, neutral relationship. You don't use their things and they don't know you exist. (laughs) I bought an iPod once and I swear I saw, what was his name? Who, who used to run Apple? Uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. I swear I saw him walking down my road like, you got an iPod. Nice see you. Everybody like, but you, Max. I, I use it to play my music, man. <laughs> I had a Nano. We're so small. Mm. Anyway, so <laughs> our movie begins with giving Oh, you got a foible. I do. So I tried really hard to come up with something that would be, I wouldn't say better than this, but I, I couldn't beat it. I, it came into my head as we were watching the movie and I was like, that's friggin' perfect. So there is a phobia called, uh, and it's something that's actually, I would argue it's less of a phobia and more of a, a common concern. It's called imposter syndrome. And uh. it is an inward facing concern or phobia rather than being on well, many of the other ones that I've talked about have been uh, one that you feel about the outside world. This is one about you specifically, but it's this idea that all of your accomplishments are basically accidents that that and then I'm way oversimplifying this. But the idea is basically that, like, everything that you've done, everything you've accomplished everywhere that you've gotten, you've said the right combination of things by accident to get there that you weren't actually qualified to do the job that you're doing Shit, you, that's like my life yeah, yeah you accidentally <laughs> yeah. tricked people into, into being like i say something and people go that's such a profound thought and i'm like was it i mean yeah i meant it to be one yeah, yeah like you know you you've, you've <laughs> accidentally been the right combination of personality or whatever for people to like you and things like that like you you don't feel like you are the person you're that, not like, actually talented yeah like you know you have this feeling like you know you're not what everyone else thinks you are you're not the person who deserves to have these things and it's this idea that you are an imposter in your own life that there's someone else there's another version of you that is better that is all the things that people think you are and that you're not that person and it's this idea that you're an imposter in your own life and it's kind of terrifying and it's something that i feel a lot very very um consistently so it's kind of an interesting thought now it it relates to this movie in the sense that it's more of an idea of you thinking this about somebody else. But I just, like I said, I started thinking about this phobia and it, I couldn't beat it as far as like something that I felt fit better. So I went with it, even though it is something you would feel about yourself. Um, but I, it kind of makes you wonder though, like you would assume that this organism would think differently than you would. Like it wouldn't re- reconstitute I would assume own... it cannot recreate memories. I would, but would you know for sure? Like, wouldn't there be some part of you? No. So we'll get to it. There's a certain scene where this, this scars and memories are not DNA based. This phobia will come back around again. We'll talk about it at a certain scene in this movie, but imposter syndrome is the phobia I wanted to talk about. 
All right. So we, we open with Cat's Kitty's favorite scene. Um. Okay. So <laughs> it opens with a whole lot of confusion for me, and I think that was the point. <laughs> oh, fucked up. I did a rod dog rant. <laughs> I was like, Are they shooting at the dog? Why are they shooting at the dog? Do they think it's a wolf? Keep what in is mind, happening right she's now? She's asking me these questions, <laughs> and I'm trying not to spoil the movie for her. So I'm like, oh, they're being like, weird. It's just a dog, a as far as I can tell. Well, and then I think specifically the first thing that I asked was, "Are they trying to kill that husky?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Why? Like, why?" And he was like. They're Norwegian, as if, like, that's just something that Norwegians do. I, I hope that that would make her think long enough that they would be revealed. <laughs> so, yeah. Everything is explained in time. Uh, but yes, there are two Norwegians flying a helicopter that says Norge on the side, which I'm assuming is the Norwegian way of saying Norway. Um, or hi. Or Norwegian, I don't know. Um the interesting thing is the gun they were using was an HK-92A, something like that. I know what you're talking about. It has a really long stock. It's like a it's like a set-me rifle. Yeah. But it's funny that they were using that one because considering that Norway has their own, like, clone of that gun <laughs> called, like, the... What's it called? That's like the A3 or something, or G G3. I don't remember. But John Carpenter probably didn't know that. <laughs> maybe not. But yeah, Norway had their own model of that rifle. But anyway, um, so yeah, they are using this exquisite rifle to try and shoot this dog. We learn that they are a... I mean, so hitting a moving target from a helicopter, I imagine, would be very difficult. But also, they're really clumsy with grenades. Yes. <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> grenades so. Grenades are not their strong suit. <laughs> but the, the, the one guy's credit... He does dig through the snow to get it, which would that have been was... a terrifying experience. See, I probably would have just run instead of trying to save the helicopter. Yeah. But he does. That is what you would have. To, like, you'd have to dig through the snow and try and find it and chuck it. But yeah. by that time, it's already been like three or four seconds. Yeah. And I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty sure grenades are on like a five second delay or something like that. Ten, maybe. Maybe. Ten seems excessive. I heard once that it depends upon its rotations. And it might just be the pineapple grenades, but I thought I heard once that it's three rotations. Once they hit that third rotation, that's when they explode. And it, if they don't hit that number of rotations, then they won't be activated and won't L- actually be Launched charged. grenades, like 40 millimeter grenades out of a gun, that's how those work. Oh, okay. Maybe I just... After they spin a certain too. amount of times, they arm. So that way you can't like shoot the ground in front of you and it goes off. I shot myself in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's I like any really game scary. that like if you have one of those and you shoot it at the ground, it goes thunk and like bounces <laughs> off. Yeah. Because it wouldn't go off. Anyway, so they chase the dog all the way to the American, uh, not McMurdo. Oh, yeah, McMurdo. That's the name of their base, I think. Their research facility. And at this point, confuses me further, because I then believed that this dog belonged to the Americans. (laughs) Get your dog. And Norway was committing an act of war by trying to kill it. (laughs) Your dog came into our face and ate our snow. (laughs) Well, I was like, were they starving? Were they trying to kill it for food? Like, who kills a dog for food? I just watched a movie. I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. So, they're flying the helicopter around, shooting at this dog and dropping grenades, and the American guys are like, what the heck's going on out there? Yeah. And so they run out, McCready and uh, uh, Bennings. Is that the... Bennings and then the... The older guy with the red hair. Yeah, the guy with the glasses. Also goes out. Norris, Windows, a couple of them. Uh, Palmer, I think, was out What's there. Goop? Something's... Something with it, like a, a... 
something Dukes? No, his name was like Jukes or something like that. The one, the guy with the thin glasses. His name was like Jukes. Or... Thin glasses. Yeah, he had like really, really small, like the the really small lens glasses. I can't oh, remember his name. You mean Wilford Brimley? No, no, the other guy who's talking about Wilford Brimley with McCready later on. Like he's the one who oh, calls McCready. Oh, Fuchs. Fuchs. Yep. I used <laughs> Fuchs, to think it was you know. fucks. It's not. It's Fuchs. Fuchs. F U C H. Like being in a Fuchs well, state. Still, Fuchs. I still like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, okay. Fuchs. So they land the chopper, and the husky comes up to Bennings. And he's like, help me, help me. Yeah. And he, so he's just kind of like holding the dog, like, what the fuck? And the Norwegian guy, now he has a very big gun, a very large rifle, large caliber rifle, going, yeah, yeah that's something, something. Yeah. If it were me, I would have moved out of the way long before he started shooting. <laughs> yeah. But he goes to throw a grenade and loses it, and he yells to the guy in the chopper. He's like, Schnell! I know that means quick. Yeah. <laughs> He takes off and he starts yelling in Norwegian at them and the dog. And he says something very threatening and then just raises the rifle and starts shooting. Yeah. And actually, this last time I watched it was the first time I realized he did shoot the dog. Really? On its left hind quarter, there is a red spot. Huh. They don't address that. At all. At all. Well, it's the thing. You wouldn't want to know. But you don't know that yet. So probably just like... I whenever. Whenever they were shooting at it at first, when it was running through the snow, I thought that they clipped it in the the side because it like kind of turned around and bitted it. Like he it probably got hit. shot it a couple times. Yeah, it just didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he probably unloaded at least a clip, which is I would say conservatively twenty five rounds. So you figure he probably twenty or thirty. I forget what they hold. All right, you could just let me have that one. I'm sorry, <laughs> twenty five is such a weird number to say. Like, but it's such an even number. Like. <laughs> No, no, it it's isn't. Not. It's perfectly odd. But it's divisible. <laughs> like, whatever. It's no, not it's divisible not. by anything. God. Look, anyway. Um. If any of us doesn't know math, it's me. So we should probably stop giving out numbers. So they... He wings Benning in the leg and then goes chasing after the husky. And then... Well, just before that is when the other... The, the pilot comes out and tries to recover the grenade and can't. And it blows him and the chopper up. And that's when everyone's like, whoa, like, this is a concerning situation. And then this other guy starts shooting at them. And they're like, whoa. And then the whatever from the building shoots the guy through Gary. the eyeball from the across Gary. the way. The Gary. That's yeah, the revolvers the in this movie were Colts. And like, I get that it's a, a high-stress situation. But those windows are there for a reason. And he breaks out a window in the facility. <laughs> I never understood guy. breaking out a window. Whenever he, he could have was, opened the door and been like, or Boop. shot through the window. <laughs> well, whenever he was first doing it, I, I thought that he was shooting and his hand was hitting the window. <laughs> like after it recoiled, and I was like, why is he doing that? <laughs> now, right before he shot the Norwegian guy, did you think the Norwegian guy saw him in the window and was like, nope? No. Or do you think, think he was still trying to shoot the dog? I think, I think he, he was, was still trying to shoot the dog. Okay. Very carefully squaring up to shoot the dog. Because he very, like, he stops and there's a, a very obvious scene where he, like, he's, he kind of squares his shoulders and, like, he's actually really trying to take aim this time. Like, he's trying to get the job done. Um, and that's when it just pew. And pew, pew, pew. Falls right over. Yep, so they shoot him. And then Clark, the dog man, takes the dog. They do an autopsy on the Norwegian. And then... Doc Copper says he wants to go to the Norwegian base to see if, if like, anybody needs help. 
And so McCready's like, I don't want to. <laughs> and they somehow recover a couple of gallons of kerosene from the chopper that apparently withstood the blast of the grenade and then also the chopper exploding because they're taking charred cans of gas or kerosene off the chopper. And he's like, oh, they were loaded up with kerosene. Like, and I was like, that, there's some pretty tough cans. Well, I mean, I guess they're Norwegian. I guess that's what they're made to do. Yeah. We have words like fjord and stuff like that. He, he and didn't Ikea, want... right? That's Swedish, I think. <laughs> Damn it. I'm sorry. That's the joke. Or well, that's not... McCready goes yeah. to Norwegian, but he's going, hey, Sweden. <laughs> he didn't want to go because it w- there was cloud cover or some shit. <laughs> I don't yes. know. It wasn't even because like he didn't want to go like check on them. He was like, it's going to rain. And like, <laughs> no. or, well, snow. Maybe. I'm making fun of him, but like, also I don't know how to fly a helicopter. So but they keep talking about the weather, the weather, the weather is going to be so terrible. The weather, you're going to go flying in this. And then it's perfectly clear. And they're the whole way there. <laughs> oh, this is real back. thin. It'll clear as soon as you get up. <laughs> it's basically just air. <laughs> Excuse me. It's the same air here as in Antarctica, except colder. But, um, so, they fly to the Norwegian base, mm-hmm. and it's all fucked up. It's all burned out and blown up, and there's dead folks. There's a guy that's, like, frozen in a chair, and his wrist, he slit his wrist, and there's, like, stalactites. And his throat. And his throat. Yeah. Which, he cut, like, a third of the way through his own throat, presumably, with After that straight razor. After he cut, razor. like, a third of the way through his own arm, which is impressive. Yeah. Like, so. a weak hand. Cutting Desperate times. Neck. Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, and then they split up for some reason because Dr. <laughs> Copper, whoever was with him, is like, no, I gotta do shit. And then he finds this big, perfectly dug out rectangle in the ground. No, that's 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 later. Oh. <clears throat> that's later. They find the perfectly cut out rectangle that has been removed. The chunk of ice. Well, and empty. It, it, it looked like a big, empty rectangle. Is what I was talking about. It was a tub. About. It was a tub of yeah, ice. It was like, yeah. like the shape was still rectangular. But it sure. is McCready that finds that. Yes. And Doc Copper, he's taking all their, oh, what, are they, what is this? It's a portable video unit, he calls it. Mm. <laughs> so they take these tapes and some papers and stuff, you know, because they think it might be important. And they say, what does it say? It's all in Swedish. <laughs> Go figure. Norwegian. Norwegian. <laughs> you racist bitch. Look, I'm with McCready. He kept saying it. They I are separate forget. countries. I was Norwegia is not. <laughs> Norwegia? <laughs> Norwegian. <Lynn. laughs> Norwegi? Uh, well, so they, they look through the base and everything's all fucked up and there's some dead people. And then they find out in the snow a burned corpse. That thing. is like two people, almost looks like they were trying to split apart and didn't quite make and it. melting. Yeah, yeah, it's like a pile of limbs and bones. and So they bring that back with them. Yep, they decide that that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, at first I thought, that's stupid, but I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, but also, there. If, you, if you find something like that, like, and one of them that's says- That's not true. I will further my point later, but oh. it does matter. Okay. One of them said something about, like- winning the Nobel oh, that, Prize yeah. or something like Much way later. later. On, yeah. And it's true. Like if you're the person that discovers a new species or like discovers fucking aliens or whatever, like There's always somebody who thinks about the money. The fame. Who is it out of us? Out of us? Yeah. Ooh. Probably me. 
<laughs> I was going to try and see who would go for fame and who would go for money. I don't give a I'd shit I'd probably about fame. go for money. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be known. I want to be rich. <laughs> like, Are just... you a fame hog? I don't think Like when so. we become super famous podcasters and everybody's like <laughs> taking pictures of us in the red carpet, you're going to be like, my people. No. I mean- me and Victor, we back there like. Do they do that on red carpet? Can we just send like a, a waveform of our voices to go and walk red carpet for us? <laughs> like the fucking gorillas, like have cartoon versions of yeah. us. We'll I just, don't know who announces the red carpet stuff anymore, but like he'd be like, oh, oh, and here comes Victor, Kitty, and Max, and out comes like this guy, like straight into suit, and then like, <laughs> I'm Victor, Kitty, and Max. <laughs> This is our semi-annual walk down the red carpet. And they just <laughs> have us on speakerphone. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would find the alien thing and like find some super rich guy and be like, two billion dollars, miniatures. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bargain at any price. <laughs> so. So. They bring all this yeah. schlazzle back to McMurdo. And they do an autopsy on the Norwegian and on the half-melted thing. Melted. Melted. And Brimley, I guess, is also a doctor because he's the one doing the autopsy. Here's my theory. Okay. Bennings, mm-hmm. Norris. Mm-hmm. Bennings, Norris, Nulls? Fuchs. Oh, okay. I think those are the three scientists that are down there in the Antarctic uh, studying Antarctica. In the Antarctic. Uh. <laughs> In the Iraq. Such as. Because it's a U.S. military installation, but right. those are the three scientists that are like studying whatever, climate and what's in the ice and stuff like that. I think those are the three guys there to do that job. Then I think every single other person is just support staff. Then McCready's the pilot. Mm-hmm. Windows is the radio tech. Yep. They have the cook who is. Nalls. Nalls. And then they have two I other people. Childs are- is like their security head. Okay. Like he's in charge of security. I think. The two doctors were there just to maintain everybody that was there. Okay. Because if one doctor gets sick, you have the other doctor to take care of him. Blah, blah, mm. blah. And Makes sense. And then I Clark guess- Clark was there to handle the animals. And Gary was like military. Like the only one of them who might have actually been some form of military. Gary was like the leader of this the expedition. Base. Palmer was just there to fix stuff and- And boy, did Gary <laughs> have Have a feelings. different fucking weed smoking device every scene we see him in. Yeah. Mark was the fucking dog wrangler. That was his only job. Mark? Is that his name? Clark. Clark. (laughs) (laughs) McCready, Knowles, Norris, Mark. Mark. (laughs) Yeah, hello. So they get back to the I'm base. I'm be looking at my notes. Mm. I have this whole. I, I'm watching the movie right now in my head, and I'm 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 terribly sorry. I will try to keep it to a minimum because it's not something to joke about. But Wilford Brimley and diabetes will forever be linked in my mind because I grew up seeing those. <laughs> those commercials you can laugh about it i think diabetes diabetes um, diabetes i'm Did wilford brimley the, and i have diabetes the diabetes cat it's mm-hmm. a cat that kind of looks like wilford brimley and <laughs> no. they it meows and they <laughs> put the sound over top of it it's super funny we'll watch it later so he cuts this thing open this amalgam of like faces and it's Ooh, like two good ripped up faces it looks awful and horrifying and he cuts this up and he's and he he's pulling organs out and here's i don't have a whole lot of medical training in fact i have almost none like <laughs> Two percent at most over the course of. I have a skin stapler in my med kit. <laughs> it staples some stuff. <laughs> skin. Um, so he's pulling all of these vital organs out from roughly the same like one foot area of the body. He just keeps 
boop. Well, how many vital organs do you have right here? Yeah, but this thing was very large and very long, and he just kept pulling them all out from the same, like, general area. He's like, we have a healthy set of lungs and intestines and a heart, and he's just pulling all this stuff out. Got a full set of healthy organs. (laughs) Yeah, and I wanted him to be like, the problem is... We've got two sets or something like like yeah. I was expecting him to say that there's something wrong, but no, he's just like, oh, it's all healthy and normal. And you're like, okay. But I think like, you should watch the prequel. There's nothing normal about this, sir, Mr. Brimley, sir. <laughs> and I, I don't like their hygiene practices around dead bodies or yeah. other stuff, foreign matter. Yeah. Like when he's talking about his findings, he sticks a pencil damn near into the body and he's like... <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get into that. Here appears to be a normal set of internal organs. Max is pretending to (laughs) touch his chin and tongue with the eraser end of the pencil that he was using. After he just pointed at a dead body with it. And Fuchs is looking at, like, all the torn up clothes from it, I guess, the thing. And he puts his pencil in his mouth and he's like... Well, McCready basically spends half the movie smelling somebody else's underwear. Yeah. So... That's true. He does. (laughs) There isn't a whole lot of hygiene that's going on here, but... Um, <clears throat> so he cuts this thing open, they look at it, and then, then the next scene, if I'm not mistaken, is the dog walking through the hallway, it looks in one room, and then continues walking, and then goes into a room that I don't remember if we know who's in there. I think it's the morgue, and somebody's sitting up on the slab. You see the silhouette of- I disagree. I think it's just somebody's room. I think that was a perfectly healthy human, and no. I think it was Norris. Norris. Okay. So the it was person- either Norris or Palmer- the person turns around and the as the dog, dog walks in. Just keeps me on my toes. <laughs> and then it then it fades to black. And um I like that dog. Yeah. I whoever trained it, like, did a really good job. It's very it behaves very undog like. Yeah. Like it's looking out the window at one point as they're coming back from the research facility, it's just staring out the window <laughs> at them. And then like it not going into the first room was kind of a cool touch. Like it, it literally like looks in one room and then continues on walking because it's looking for presumably a person. Or like when Clark tries to put it in the pen and yeah. it just like stands there. Yeah. He's like, well, go on. And it just like steps in and just stands there and stares. Well, and this is where I realized my confusion about thinking that it was the American's dog. Because I still believed that up until this yeah. point. <laughs> because it was in the like the bar area that they had there. And I can hear that. Calcifer. Calcifer go lay down. <laughs> Um, it was in like the bar area that they were in and they were like, Clark takes this thing out to its cell. <laughs> yeah, and it's... so he takes it out and at this point, Vic was like, you really shouldn't put a dog in with a bunch of other dogs and it doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's their dog. <laughs> yeah, Clark, Clark's like this dog expert animal handler and he's just like, oh, good luck, bud. <laughs> Hope you like your new family. Get in there once. <laughs> and he takes it in and... It starts growling at people. Not right dogs. away. It goes in and lays Not down people. in the middle of the room. Like, it just kind of slumps down. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a dozen other dogs in there. And they're yeah. all, like, laying on each other and being cute and shit. Uh, he's, like, uh, he says something about, put this dog with, the, put this mutt with the others. Like, I don't know why it's walking around. And I don't know either. I guess just because he felt bad that the dog got shot at. So he wanted it to be walking around. <laughs> and just assumed that it was well enough trained that it wouldn't murder anyone. <laughs> right because it's not his dog but he's i guess he knows animals or something so he just assumed that it was good he has a really high animal handling modifier <laughs> typically that usually means the animal won't kill you not others but it's possible so he takes it down and puts it in and it's acting all weird and stuff and 
yeah. growling at the rest of the dogs, which isn't that weird if you think about well, it. Well, the way it happens, I think if a is dog foreshadowing starts jittering and shaking back and forth, and then his jaw splits in four directions, it's probably <laughs> odd. You should maybe call it that. Yeah, and then you start to hear like a locust, not a locust, uh, like cicada. a cicada sound mixed yeah. in with it. And it, yeah, its face peels apart, and these legs, like bug legs, come out of it, and Ropes. tentacles. Yeah, and like, like, these tentacles go flying out, and then it hoses down another dog with like bile or something. And then something. another dog kind of starts jutting out of the middle of it, and it's like. <laughs> The ugliest dog in the world and also has the take my good hand arms. <laughs> like, it's really, really bad. Calcifer. It looks like really bad taxidermy of a greyhound. Yeah. A little bit. Um, But the effects in this movie I thought were quite good. Oh, they're amazing. And the sound effects are good, too. Like, all the noises the thing makes are, like, creepy and weird. And... It's probably someone yelling down a long tube with a microphone at the other end. Like, <laughs> Could be. <laughs> so... Clark, like, walks back to see what's going on, and he's like, what the fuck? And then McCready is getting a beer out of the fridge. They're they're all either drinking or smoking or both or something. At all times. At all times. Uh, which makes quitting smoking harder, too. Can uh, you see your hearers do it? You know. um, and he hears, like, wailing coming from the... Um, so, convenient, scary dog is convenient. Uh, and mm. then... It is a jump scare, but it's not, I don't know, it doesn't make me upset. Because he opens the door, like, the light's burned out, the light bulb has been smashed above, like, the one right above the dogs. And so, when Clark is looking around at the cage, he can't quite see it, so he opens the latch and opens the door, and he's kind of looking in, and then someone very obviously throws a dog at him. (laughs) (laughs) The dog's like, (laughs) and it hits him, and he, like, falls over, and the dog tears off, and then another dog comes running out. Uh, and they're both covered in whatever it was spitting on them, and they both go running. And that's when he looks up, and you can then there's enough light for him to I guess kind of see what's going on. Yeah. And it he kicks the door shut, and it like the tentacles like boop and kicks the door back open, so he kicks it <laughs> shut again, and eventually gets it locked and runs away. Yeah. Well, McCready yes. hears this racket going on, so he pulls the fire alarm, and everybody runs down there, and he's got their the shotguns are Ithaca pump shotguns. Mm-hmm. I love those shotguns. They're cool. Um, and uh, he tells Bennings to go get Childs and to bring a flamethrower. Mm. Um, once he sees it. Yeah. Well, once he sees it, like him and I don't know how many other guys have guns, but they just all start unloading on this thing. And then he probably remembers the fact that everything was burned at the other facility. So right. that yeah. makes sense. Well, they're shooting it. And then he, one of them accidentally shoots... A dog that's getting absorbed by the thing, but it's still alive. And Clark's like, no, don't shoot the dog. Ah! And that's when Childs comes down with his flamethrower. And something reaches arms up and skitters up into the ceiling mm. in a way. I thought so. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, it, it, like, zooms up to the ceiling, busts some of the rafters out. And I thought it, like, got out of the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, but I that's what I wanted to ask you guys about. Because it looks like something actually pulls itself out and leaves. Like, it separates. Mm -hmm. And there's a... Okay. That's what I thought. Um, Because they don't... And I appreciate that they don't. But they don't really give any more... They don't talk about it anymore. Or they don't give it any more exposition to say that that is for sure what happened. It just kind of looked like it. So, I wanted to... I appreciate that confirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think before or during all of this, 
Blair was... No, it was just after this. Um, Yeah. They're all having, like, a meeting to talk about all the shit that just went down. And as they're kind of walking away... And Blair, he does... (laughs) Uses ancient Microsoft Paint to (laughs) make a little animation of um cells being taken over by other cells it's like a thing cell and then like healthy dog cells and it's like they're talking about how it's assimilating and turning into them and all of this stuff and but his simulation was based on being infected by a particle of it yes not the actual absorption yeah you just put like one little bit of like one drop of blood with a couple drop droplets of dog blood and then just watch the proteins merge yeah and you, with the amount of negligence that he was using <laughs> in performing that autopsy, if it's just a, like, you only need a drop of blood kind of a thing, like, he's <laughs> done. Like, he is done for. Because when he might have known that. dissects the dog thing, it's like, I don't know, there's like a lot of stuff and there's like teeth and bones in it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It was very... um Color Out of Space-esque. Yes. The Color Out of Space was very Thing-esque. Anyway, Thank so... Um, the movie llamas. was, but the original story came before. Well, it didn't have llamas in the original Lovecraft story. Um, so, the thing that... <laughs> think. The thing in the thing. So, first, we kind of skipped over it. Childs burns it. It takes him a second. He's just, like, in awe and terror of this ridiculous, horrifying thing. And McCready's going, burn it! And eventually he just <laughs> hoses it down with some flame. And then they come in, like, if I had seen that, I might honestly, me personally, I might have let the entire facility burn to make sure that it burned <laughs> off. But they're, like, it's like blowing out a candle. Like, they're like, like it's lit on fire, and less than a second later, <laughs> McCready's like, all right, go put it out. And they <laughs> yeah. run, like, hose it down, like... Like, all the internal stuff's not burned. Yeah, you know? what do you think that did? Like, I'd have to incinerate it. I would be like that comic of Link. Yeah. Where he's, like, sitting on the hill with his knees in his mouth, like, watching. <laughs> it's all okay now. As the house with the spiders in it burns. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I kept thinking that, like, it's like, how do you know that this thing isn't just pretending to be dead because you burned a little bit of the outside with some fire. Like, I'm sure it was hot, and I'm sure it did a lot of damage, but it didn't completely cook the thing because it's still a physical thing that's there. Like, you didn't kill it, you didn't burn it, because it's there. And, okay, so then, Then fast forward past the animation thing, and um, they're all kind of, they're like, and break, and they all start to walk away. (laughs) And Blair's like, McCready, I'd keep an eye on Clark if I were you, because he was over by the dogs a lot. And... He was alone alone with with the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, it's after he starts doing his research and very, very not carefully dissecting this creature. Like, that was my biggest issue, I'll tell you right now with this movie, is how... Tastes like blood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Analysis. (laughs) Like, they're not careful at all. Even after he has reason to be extremely careful, he is not careful. None of them are. Uh, Like, just going in there with a scalpel and just cutting it open and going, oh, Jesus, as he's, like, pulling this thing open to get inside the other, like lower jaw like it's like a squid it's got a jaw inside and like he's opening up and like, oh jesus like at least wear a mask man like wear a face <laughs> shield god damn <laughs> so that's when he starts saying to mccready he was like how long are you alone with this dog and um these people obviously haven't lived through COVID 19 <laughs> that's when um 
What'd you say his name was? Fuchs. Fuchs. Fuchs asks him something. Uh, or no, no, I guess it is. Uh, it's Clark. He's like, what? Like, why Why are you asking me that? He's like, how long are we alone, alone with this dog? And like, you didn't put it with the other dogs? Like, how long was it alone in the facility? And he's like, well, why are you asking me that? And he's like, it's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. <laughs> probably nothing. Not a big deal. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. But it is something, as we come to find very shortly there later. Um. So everybody is like shady and everybody is skeptical of everybody else. Well, the the simulation says 75% chance that one or more other crew members may be infected. Oh. Which the amount of data that you would have to feed to a computer to get that analysis would be <laughs> astronomical. Like there would be terabytes of data you would need to crunch in order for a computer to say. Well, they had yep. supercomputers back then. Not, Not in there. that room. <laughs> Their computers were uh, like a little bit more capable than uh, what would be on the computer of a watch. Like a digital watch. <laughs> Those old Pac-Man machines. Like, yeah. like it's, they were, they didn't have enough computing power for that. Not to mention. <laughs> it would have been funny if his simulation was that. Like he's <laughs> timing it and it looks at the screen and it's like Miss Pac-Man. Like, whop, 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 whop. God, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> and then um, he does some sort of calculation too. And he says that it, it would be like. 1,274 days yeah. until the entire population of the Earth was taken Again, over yeah. by... Like, terabytes of data that would be required to make even a vague <laughs> calculation. Like, oh, my God. I believe it in aliens whenever they can do that, because that's, like, thousands of years, supposedly thousands of years advanced, uh, advanced technology. But in this situation, it's a l- little bit unreasonable, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It adds another element of, of creep to the movie. Um, but yes, that's when he's... That's when he realizes how dangerous this could potentially be so they have to get their shit out of the storage locker because they're moving all the bodies there um and after everybody else leaves um wolford brimley blair he pulls a gun out of his desk cult detective Mm -hmm. he does and McCready, Bennings, and Windows are in the storage room getting their stuff, and um, Fuchs in. comes and he's like, "McCready, I need to talk to you. It's important. Like Blair's missing, you know, blah blah blah. I, f- I found his notes. I-, I need to talk to you." And the- he calls it a Thia, Thia Tor. Yeah, it's something. like Thia Cat. It's I like thought. a snow cat. Yeah, maybe I just added the word cat subconsciously, but I thought it was. It- I said the same thing to Kitty. I was like, "What did he say?" Because there wasn't any subtitles. Um, but that's Kitty where they bring up the thing you were saying where they bring it all into the storage room. I guess McCready lives in the storage room because they're like, get your stuff out of the storage room. And he's like, all right. Like, so they get his, he's getting his stuff out because they're putting the bodies in there, all the remains. And that's when he says about like, I don't understand why we can't just burn these things. And he's like, you don't burn the find of the century. You know, that's somebody's going to, this is going to win somebody the Nobel prize. Like, And meanwhile, <laughs> somebody else goes out and finds McCready's pants that's way later oh. i think yeah that's later oh. so mccready and mccready and fuchs go out to the thia corp whatever yes and they're talking in like the what blair has written in his laboratory journal is disturbing um and meanwhile bennings windows went to get the keys for the storage room while Bennings is trying to get something, I don't know what it is, if it's a ping pong ball, but it's like way back yeah. in there. Like he, he's he like on it. a chair and like a bucket and he is like leaning in to get whatever this thing is. And the thing under the 
blanket starts to move. Yes. Ah, yes. It starts melting yes, yes, yes. because mm-hmm. it's starting to thaw out. Well, and so and Blair's... So I want to make a quick point. I very aggressively, and I don't do this often, I try to, I try to, I'm trying to do it less. I very aggressively pointed at Max because he said bringing the thing back from the other facility didn't matter because the dog was back. But at this point, the thing attacks, uh, Bennings. Bennings. And it was, it was the corpse that they brought back from the Norwegian Norwegian facility. It was. So had they not done that, he might have lasted a little longer. It's possible. So and they that, wouldn't have known what this thing was really up to. Or, or that it wasn't dead. That's true. They also they gained some valuable information from it. But bringing that back okay. did absolutely have a result on somebody's life, well, I, was my point. I think I was arguing that. I was saying they're still equally vulnerable to infection because of the yeah. dog. I thought you were saying it didn't matter that they brought it back. Uh, okay, well, my that, that is, is what it, I said. But yeah. Objection! <laughs> Overruled. Oh, no. <laughs> So, sorry, yes, he's telling him that Blair has locked himself in his office and he's, these are his notes. And basically, okay, did I make this up or was his planning to kill everybody at the facility so that the rest of the world had a chance to live? He was planning on stranding them there. Basically, yes. Until they could deal with it, I guess. Okay. I have a note here that says, like, you know, like, McCready at one point, like, Fuchs is reading his notes. He's like, it could have imitated a million life forms on a million different planets. And he's like, so is Blair cracking up or what? Yeah. Like, well, he did go crazy. Like, maybe if he had brought his findings to them in, like, a calm manner. (laughs) Yeah. Instead, he rips the innards out of the helicopter. And there were snowcats, and he's smashing the supercomputer and the radios, I think. Yeah. And he's like, it all has to go. It's gotta go. It's gotta go. And Nobody uh, knows what's going on here, but I'm damn well sure some of you do. The guy that... Just real quick, the one thing that he was reading... Just real quick. Fuchs is reading from from, um, uh, Brimley's notes, was that he says that even just one drop of blood could potentially infect another organism. And that's when um, McCready's like, well, Well, yeah, Max's like, whatever. And Fuchs is like, Mac, you don't understand. These remains are not dead. And that's when he's like, uh... Yeah, like, oh, oh, hmm. blood. How much blood is in a human body? And we brought, like, four of them back now (laughs) in our storage room. Well, that's when Windows... He goes back to the storage room and there's... He sees, like, blood and torn clothes and then he looks up and Bennings is, like, next to the Ah, thing. And it's, like, slither and like in every hole and yeah, like and like his face is like melted off and, and yeah. he kind of looks like the book at the end of uh he looks like the book the book at the end of the movie with bruce campbell oh my god evil you, dead you, the the uh, demon book as it's like melting at no, the end of it's kind of i so yeah, there's a lot of other things he would look more like i think yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> But yeah, so Windows is like, what the fuck? And he runs out because he knows Mac and Fuchs are out there. And he's like, it's Bennings! And so they all run in and... He's gone. He's gone. He's fucking gone. But they see him, I guess, running outside of the base. The window's smashed. (laughs) The window's crashed. Yes. Um... Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, so they they grab their... I like McCready's cold weather gear. It's like a coat, pants, and like... A full hood thing, and then like an old like wool hat. Then yeah. he went like a western thing with all yeah. the brims turned up, in like every cardinal direction. Yeah, 
Yep. Um, so weird. But they run out there and Bennings, well, the thing, looking like Bennings, almost, is there on almost. the ground and it looks at him. It's all like, eh, yeah. my giant hands. Now, I was watching this with an ex, I think, ages ago. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, the thing didn't quite get his hands right, did it? You know what her response was? Well, they just said he didn't have time to finish. I'm like, it was a fucking joke. It was a joke. <laughs> it's like, it yells at them, though. Like, it once it's captured, it's, it's kind of like basically in its own language. It's like, going, yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> the hands are the hardest part. <laughs> but it's actually just going, ah. Yeah, in reality, it's doing its inward breath scream thing. Like, Ooh. <laughs> so uh, McCready burns it with some kerosene in a flail flare thankfully the thing just sits there and waits as patiently while mccready just yeah. hang on a little longer it's going slow and there's no vent hole just give it a minute i think a flail is an excellent choice of medieval weapon me too nasty thing it's a flail a mace is a stick with a metal thing at the end say, a flail has a chain there's a chain between the stick and the ball a morning star is a mace yes versus a flail is a a flail. flail. Yes. It's, on a, it's a spiked ball on a chain versus a spiked ball on a or, stick. I mean, just a weighted piece of metal on the end of a chain. There is a 100% higher risk of you hitting yourself with a weapon than <laughs> if you're using a mace, though. <laughs> like, I imagine the mace training is like, it's pass or fail. There is no... <laughs> anyway. So... They burn Bennings, and then that's when they realize that that shit's still alive. So they burn the other corpse and whatever else they have to burn at the moment. Everything else they have to burn. And McCready's standing there with the flamethrower, and he's like, I know I'm human. And if you were all these things, then you would all just attack me. So some of you are still human. Yeah. So he tells the three people that he suspects the most to separate from the group um, and to be sedated until they can figure out how they're going to... Oh, the... The blood, too. I think that's when this comes around. Because he asks Doc Copper if there's a way to test the... Mm. Shit, when did this happen? So the power, I no, think, right. went out and they had to run out to MacReady's um, that's not facility. Yet. So, Max, you're right. They do. They ask the doctor if there's anything that can but be that done. that happens before this. Th- them, them going out and them suspecting... Mac happened before the blood testing thing because what's his face yes. gets a hold of a scalpel. No, 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 no. The blood, the the blood testing. What you're thinking of is different than what Max is talking about. What Max is talking yeah, about, yeah, 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 is the that bags of. Blood. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. yep. He asked because he asked the doc, and the doc thinks he could do a blood serum test, whatever that is. Yeah, because and they then, all because have unaffected blood. They go to storage. find the blood, and it's it's all been slashed open and it's yeah. pouring all over the floor, mm-hmm. and so now the doc and Gary who are. Doc's in charge of medical, and Gary's in charge of the base with the keys. And they're like, kind of like looking at each other, like back and forth, like, well, I didn't do this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I don't do this. I love that part when he says, uh, I only give it to Cooper. And, uh, <laughs> Copper? Cooper? Copper. 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 I only give it to Copper. And then, uh, like, the only person I give it to is Copper. And he's like, and the only other person who has it for me is Gary. I'm like, <laughs> now, you've been here on several occasions. <laughs> and, like, it is a very, like, Leonard Kenny esque. <laughs> response because they both like ever they say what they're saying they turn to the person that they're saying it about but like they're trying not to like accuse that person but then they turn right and look at them it's just, felt a little it, bit like clue to me kind of like funny. it was like well i suppose someone might have lifted it off me oh come on gary <laughs> well at this point windows freaks out and he runs to the shotgun yes. glass and breaks the glass and but before he can get a shotgun gary's there with his colt and is, has it level at him and 
you know, they basically decide that McCready is now going to be the leader of the group. Yes. Then they burn the bodies and the blood bags. Oh, and McCready separates the doc, Gary, and... Uh, Clark. Yes, Clark. Ties them to a couch and has them morphined up. Um, well, I think just before that was when they, they went out. So they went out to the the shed. Um, three of them went out to the shed and they said, because they were looking for um, Blair. Or uh, locking Blair up oh, or something. Oh, yeah, we skipped yes, over Blair. I'm sorry. We entirely skipped over Blair breaking. Well, we kind of Well, we talked. It. Blair went crazy and smashed up a bunch yeah. of shit. And then they subdued him and put him in the storage shed. And McCready comes up with a really brilliant idea of disarming someone with an axe is just to bull rush them with a door <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, bull rush i like that term basically just and he doesn't stop like it um, was a table by the way uh, it was a table a you're folding right table they he hits it looks a lot like a door I he guess. and the axe goes through like if you were like if you had your shoulder up on that the axe would be two or three inches into that shoulder so the axe head goes through it and they just keep on pushing and knock him down but freaking um I keep forgetting his name. Brimley is strong enough that he knocks McCready down and two other people. Like, he's, yeah. Yeah. he's got super angry strength. <laughs> and and they, he throws Gary around a little bit. And yeah. yeah. They eventually, that's when Windows gets knocked over because he's in the. Yeah. That's when I'm assuming injured. Wilford like hit him with the axe, like the butt end yeah. of the axe or something. Because he's pretty well banged up at this point and bleeding. On his melon noggin. And passes out. So that's when they lock him in the storage shed. Blair. 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 They lock him in the storage, <laughs> which is why they're outside. And as they're coming back from everything we just talked about, as they're coming back, uh, McCready says to Niles, right? Niles. Um, that they have to go up to his his little hut. And the guy's like, why? And he's like, because. Uh, what the hell for? And he's like, well, because when I left, I turn all the lights off. And they look up and the lights are on. And they're like, oh, fuck. So. So they go out and he says that if. Um, oh, you're right, anybody you're right. comes to the door, like, but the three of them that he's supposed to just fucking nuke them. And so. <laughs> they are boarding up the inside of the thing, the inside of their base. Yeah. Except for the one door. For a research facility, they have a lot of boards and nails. Although I guess they have to maintain the facility if yeah. anything happens and breaks. They also sense. have a lot of fucking windows. Like a lot of them. You, they do. I don't you think, would, think you need you, that many windows. Yeah, in you would only want like maybe a couple observation like windows. Like when Gary was smashing out the windows, I thought there would have been like five layers for him to get through. Like <laughs> one, smash, two, like smash. In, in like... Top Secret, whenever he goes to break out the window and bends his gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so while they're up there, some shit goes down and... Mac gets separated well, from... Well, Knowles yeah. cuts him loose. Knowles comes back. Because he finds McCready's yeah. shirt torn up and thrown into his oil heater. Mm. The wind must have dislodged it. Yeah, he comes back and like, what do you mean you cut him loose? And he's like, I waited until we were far enough apart and I cut the lead line so that he couldn't make his way back through the storm, which wasn't that far and the storm wasn't that bad, I- but we're supposed to use our imagination, I suppose. This was filmed in Canada, by the way, not Antarctica. <laughs> um, a little less harsh. Antarctica. <laughs> not that Canada doesn't have its cold places, but not like not like oh, the old man. double A. So as they're talking, uh, McCready gently turns the doorknob. Like instead of just opening the door, he's like, <laughs> and, he's like <laughs> and they're all deciding it's if like they a should... shed doorknob too. Yeah, yeah it's very. <laughs> Maybe it's got like a seal on the inside to try to keep the such a seal. Oh, no. Just the seal holding the door on the inside. It's just um, the one seal, oh, actually. Oh. But then Child <laughs> says, uh, "No way, anything human could have made it back through that." 
I'm here to tell you, it wasn't that far. There's <laughs> yeah, a chance. That was not that there bad. There's a chance. I mean, McCready's smart enough and tough enough that if he leaves the front door of his shack, he probably knows what direction the base building is laying. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> um, and... And so they go, storage window! And yeah. they, McCready has the door barricaded from the other side. Or, no, it's locked. And he has the keys. Yeah. And so Childs is busting the door down. This is one of my favorite parts in the movie. Yeah. Um, and he finally, like, they're getting ready to bust the door down, and then they're going to torch McCready. And they bust the door down, and McCready's holding a lit flare and a bundle of dynamite. Very close together. <laughs> like, uncomfortably <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm like, dude, together. move that flare back. Like, <laughs> one little spark. A couple of times, there's a spark that goes, like, and, like, goes right next to it. Dynamite is sensitive to heat and friction, so. <laughs> Not like nitroglycerin, but still. He didn't have a whole God. lot to lose, to be fair. So, and yeah, he's like, go ahead, Childs, burn me. You know? Yeah. Because you can't torture him if he's holding dynamite. Yeah. Really, you shouldn't be shooting flames into a storage room that's holding crates of dynamite. <laughs> but anyway. Nobody thought about that. So he makes them all put their shit down, and he's like, back off. Way off. And then, like, the other two guys, like, try to get him from behind. And Clark picks up a scalpel that in he the finds. During the kerfuffle, oh, yeah. he, he picks it up. Oh, okay. He picks it up at that point. Like, right. he's like, I'm going to pull it. I think you're right. Because <laughs> he gave McCready his knife. Which That's was like smart. his weapon, but anyway, so McCready throws one up, throws them both off, and he he like backs up and slams into the shelf. He's like, "So help me, I mean it!" Like. Yeah. And he meant it. That, yeah. That's fucking dangerous. Tackling somebody that's holding something that could explode Yo, like that. Yes. Like, that's fucking ballsy. But I guess... And they, how did they get in the storeroom? I guess they also had nothing to lose at that point. You know what Suppose, I mean? Yeah. One of them didn't. Yeah, because I mean, if he, if he would have fallen hard enough and like turned his hand on the way down and slammed the, the dynamite into the concrete, if it, assuming there were concrete floors on the way down, it might have been enough to set it off. Could be. But yeah, I know it is friction sensitive. It's not like you can drop a stick and it's probably okay. But like, yeah, if you smack it on something or with a hammer, I'm pretty sure it goes off. So let's get a stick of dynamite and, and test this theory. <laughs> Who wants to smack it with a hammer? I'll do it. <laughs> I'm going to just strap duct tape a hammer to the end of like a 30 foot pole and just <laughs> clunk. Um, and then the pole will get smashed back into my face. <laughs> just a giant, <laughs> giant rake. <laughs> so McCready says that at this point he's, uh, he doesn't trust anyone and that he thinks that he's come up with his own form of a test. Mm-hmm. Because each of the blood droplets. Oh, I, 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 no, we're skipping stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut everybody off, but we're now. You absolutely meant to do that. That's true, I guess. <laughs> but anyways, Norris, that the guy that he threw into a shelf is like, Cawk. and Nalls right. is like, he's oh, not yeah, breathing. Yeah. Like, it's his fault. You know, like everybody's mad at McCready for defending himself. Um, and so he gets the doc. Doc Copper, and they take him, I guess they put him on a pool table or something. Well, didn't he, just before this, as he's looking out the window to see if McCready's coming back, isn't he, like, wheezing and going, like, uh, like, yeah. he's, like, yeah. having a hard time with something. Like, his but... appendix just blew or something, and he's, <laughs> yeah. like. But yeah, maybe it was his heart, but maybe his heart's down here, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't um, get, I don't understand. Perfectly but... normal set of organs. <laughs> but yes, they so go. So he goes into cardiac arrhythmia, what do you call it? Cardiac arrest? Yeah, I guess. I'm going to sound cooler, but, and so. Pulmonary embolism. You know, they're, they're all, McCready and the others are fighting and McCready now has the Mm flamethrower and his dynamite. He's not giving that up. (laughs) Um, 
And the dock hopper's like, quit that bickering over there. And he has windows wheel the defibrillator over and he's doing chest compressions. And then he grabs the paddles. And the second or third time he goes to juice Norris, his chest opens up like a mouth and then yeah. bites his arms off. Norris's chest opens up like a mouth and bites Doc Copper's arms off. Correct. Yeah. As yes. they go down into his chest cavity. I just wanted to be clear Interesting that. fact, that Doc Copper that got his arms bitten off was not that actor. They found a double amputee mm-hmm. who was missing his arms from there, and they gave him um, synthetic uh, prosthetics. Prosthetic hands, To yeah. look like that. And they put, like, a prosthetic mask over his face to look like Doc Copper. So when they bit him, like, he just pulled the things off and was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Practical effects, man. Yeah. But then the body starts, like, shaking and quivering and, like, this thing flies out of it like a tiny Norris stuck to the air vent. And It kind of, like, my brain imagined that it was, like, um... You know those hammer games at the fair? Sometimes they have, like, a head on them that, like, goes the whole way up to the top. Yeah. 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 That's what it reminded me of. I guess the thing is just kind of a drama queen. Whenever it gets outed, it just fucking goes crazy. (laughs) I guess, like, well, you guys want to see some shit? (laughs) Aw, darn, you found me. (laughs) That's what I thought childbirth was like until, like, I actually saw what childbirth was. So. Um, kind of. <laughs> so McCready burns it, but then its head starts like peeling off and it's like, Argh! and it falls to the ground and grows legs and two sets of eyes. And well, it, it grows a tongue first and then oh. like wraps <laughs> its, its tongue itself, yeah. around the arm of the table and pulls itself over. <laughs> the arm of the table. So yeah. McCready mm-hmm. burns that too. And that's when Wait. he gets the idea for his test. It's kind of comical because it's skittering away. And Knowles looks at him and he's like, you gotta be kidding me. That was Palmer. He sees it behind him. Oh, that's him. right. It was Palmer. It's kind of important to note that it was Palmer. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll talk about it. So as it's, it's trying. As it's like, click, 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 click. Because like, it like skitters past McCready. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't see it. But then uh, Palmer turns around and he's like, ah, oh, come on. And like, yeah. <laughs> McCready finally turns around and he torches that. So they just burn fucking everything. <laughs> so he lets that burn for long enough. Well, I guess they've learned their lesson by now. Yeah. <laughs> but they burn that thing pretty good. And yes, that is where he gets the idea for his test. And so. Go ahead, Kitty. You've they get everybody. Time. They get everybody all tied up. Or a bunny. No, they don't tie people up yet. They, start, they tie the he, three most suspicious people up. And they start doing. Um, the tests. Well, at this point, Clark like, tries to kill McCready. Oh, that's true. He does. Well, so he, they were getting ready to do the blood draws, and like he saw it as an opportunity because I think he had started putting the thing into the the, the heated thing into the thing, and no, like nothing was. He's happening just telling yet. everyone no. that this is going to happen. He's he says he tells Windows and Nulls to tie everybody, or Windows and Palmer to tie everybody up, and Childs is like, "You're not tying me up." And he's like, then I'll have to kill you, child. And he's like, then kill me. And he walks over with the revolver and puts it right in his head and goes, I mean it. And then cocks it. <laughs> I yeah. suppose you and do. that's when Clark tries to stab him and he just turns and shoots Clark right through the head. Yeah. yeah. Which Childs later is like, that makes you a murderer. It's like, it's fucking self-defense, you twat. Yeah. And you were about to burn McCready on principle, so fuck you. And you almost let him freeze to death. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would have, actually. Based on some cloth that he found. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and McCready says, very indignantly, but justifiably, says, do you ever think that this thing might have put that out there in order to, to throw you off its scent? Like, <laughs> like, 
yeah, well, <laughs> it's clearly proven to be intelligent enough to hide itself. Like, oh, and I think before this, Fuchs burns himself alive. Oh, that's true. Fuchs is the one who goes out and finds McCready's. Uh-huh. He finds the, yeah. the shirt <clears throat> and then realizes, like, his best friend, <laughs> like, the man he's looking up to is the thing, even though he's not. Mm-hmm. He thinks it might be, but... So he, he burns himself alive. Um, but we don't know for sure if it wasn't that he saw the thing coming for him and maybe he got away from it and then burned himself alive just to make sure it couldn't get him. Maybe. It's possible. Because it was... Because someone blew a fuse in the lab. And someone planted that shirt yep. out there for him to find. Because it's he's in the lab working when someone blows the fuse and then someone walks past him, like a shadowy figure goes past yeah. him. He's like, who is that? And then he goes outside and that's where he finds McCready's clothes. So it's all very staged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, after... Uh, Clark tries to kill McCready. McCready shoots him. He and they tie his corpse up to the table. Doctor yep. Copper are both on the, on the table. They're tied to the table. I couldn't remember for sure if it was Doctor Copper because they're dead. Um, <laughs> and so he starts testing all the blood, and he tests the dead people first. Yeah, and when we've established this thing is an infectious organism. Yes, and Windows is taking blood with the same scalpel from everybody. And when he got, comes to himself, he just wipes it on his pant leg and cuts his thumb. Like, and they all cut their thumbs instead of something like, that isn't going to be a major inconvenience instead later. Instead of yeah, like cutting like a nick in like your palm or something that you can cover, he cuts like an S shape in everyone's thumb. <laughs> like he's an asshole about it. And does it to himself. Like it's not, I don't know. Like you can cut other areas to get blood, like the shoulder. <laughs> he just goes like, <laughs> he's cutting some design in everybody's thumb and then squeezes it, squeezes the blood out. But it's just the whole, the whole scene is a little ridiculous. Um, so he starts with the, the dead people, and neither Dr. Copper nor Clark were infected, yeah. which makes sense, because any time that this thing starts to get outed, it freaks the fuck out and explodes. Right. So, yeah. clearly, <laughs> I'm actually, there's there's a part of me that wonders if it cannot survive once a host organism has officially died. I think perhaps. Because mm. Dr. Copper would have been infected, because he got bitten. Bad, yeah, yeah, but he mm. died immediately afterwards, yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah. neither of them were, and then that's when uh, what's his face says, You're a murderer, then, yeah, uh, child, fuck you, child. <laughs> and um, then, you're only a murderer because you didn't get a chance to, you're not a murderer because you didn't get a chance to do it. The next part felt really comical to me, it was like it almost felt like, um, uh, who did the uh. Like the young Frankenstein. And, Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it felt kind of Mel Brooksy to me <laughs> because like, so he tests um, whoever, the first one out of windows. The three windows. And, and gives and, him a flamethrower. And he's not. And then he like, the next part is like windows standing next yeah, to him with a flamethrower. Flame <laughs> and then like, they kind of do that again with the second person. <laughs> and then like the third person is like, ah, fuck it, I'm tired. Because... That was at the end of the blood testing. Yes. It was. But at first, he tests Windows, gives him a flamethrower, then tests himself, um, and then the two dead guys. And Gary's like, this is nonsense. And he's like, and he's holding Palmer's blood. And he goes, I thought you'd feel that way, Gary. We'll do you last. And I'm taking one star away from my overall rating for this, because Kurt Russell's a fantastic actor. But all the other bloods, like, he just... You know, nothing. Yeah. And then he he's holding, well, there's a prosthetic hand holding the Petri dish with the infected blood. He knows it. And he goes, and then does it. 
Yeah. And the blood goes and runs away. And then Palmer, since it was his blood, he starts like, you know, this is my time to shine. (laughs) And they're screaming. That one person in these types of movies who's good at everything and also unnecessarily intelligent. And in this movie, it was Mac. And he was like, (laughs) oh, yeah, no, I got this figured out because each particle of blood is its own part of the entity. And even though the blood is separated, it's all part of the same thing. So, and like, just. Well, to be fair, he didn't know it would work. He just hoped it would. Right. But that's when exorcist style Palmer is get breaks out of his ropes and then flies up to the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> and I I thought like he well, like he's like his flamethrower fucks up. Yeah. And he, I don't know what he's pressing. There's like a lever to try and like clear it or something, and he can't get his flamethrower to work. So he tells Windows to flame Palmer. And Windows like walks right up to him, and then Palmer like whips this tongue out of his head and like pulls him in and bites his head he, like demigorgons yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> and then his like flipping windows Ragged around flailing this windows thing around, around. <laughs> yeah. poor windows gets thrown up against a bookcase and then mac finally gets his shit going and burns I thought it was him like a valve i kind of thought there's like a sound like you could hear him like turning a valve as he's like trying to get more I, flow well, or something i think like, that was probably what it was it's like whenever you have a lighter and it has a plus and a minus on it like i think that was what he was doing because he was just using a teeny tiny little bit of heat to get those wires heated and then he yeah. was like trying to turn it back up to well, that get was more juice the that was the pilot light for Which, the flamethrower. Yeah. So there's like, I, I don't know how exactly how these flamethrowers work, but there's like two tanks of fuel and then a smaller tank that feeds the pilot light. Okay. So that's always on. So when you squeeze the trigger, it just... So it would be... But he was definitely struggling with pressure. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like... like flump, flump, and he's like <laughs> jiggling things, like trying to get it to work. Yeah. Uh, so... Eventually, they get Palmer all burned up. Mm-hmm. And, and then he then, throws a stick of dynamite at him. <laughs> yeah, because he gets outside. Yeah, he breaks through the wall. <laughs> yeah, he just... <laughs> which all the walls are made of hollow core in this facility for some reason. <laughs> well, that Speaking of that, of the walls being made out of foam, <laughs> when Childs goes around to the other side of the door at the lab when Blair's going crazy, and he's like, now take it easy, Blair. You don't want to hurt anyone. Blair shoots at him, and it hits the wall right in front of him. <laughs> yeah. And he's fine. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that would have gone right through and hit him right in the chest. Uh, if it was anyway. if it was breakable enough yeah. that they could just break through the walls, but theoretically these walls should not have been that thin no. because it was no. like there should have been like negative seven hundred degrees outside <laughs> all a the foot time. Of very thick insulation, which back then would have been the fiberglass insulation. <laughs> but yeah, then they come back in and Windows is gyrating because he's getting taken over. Mm-hmm. So then they burn him up, and then they finish out the blood test. On he does Nalls next. Yeah, and, and this is clean. this is the part where I was saying is kind of the imposter syndrome, and we were talking about this earlier. Which you you're uninfected as Knowles is proven to be, but he's still like there's sweat on his brow, and he's terrified because what if he is? Like what yeah. if he is and doesn't know? And like I, that would be my concern too, because like this is all new territory. Like what if this thing is so good at replicating you that you think you're you? Yeah, like, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of. Um, I see why you chose that. Of that anime parasite, a oh, little bit. Yeah, that very much. Um, but it 
like it does it like i thought that too a couple of times like how freaked out they looked and i was like yeah like if you didn't know how it worked and you were convinced that you might possibly be one of them or like the organism can take you over but still let you maintain your free will until like that's why it snaps like whenever somebody is outed that's when like it takes over and that's why you freak out and it starts like mutating like rapidly well it's like child's He's next, and he's, like, sweating bullets. Because yeah. now he's been mightily chastised. Yeah. And is now on board with MacReady. Because um, <laughs> everyone's like, this is fucking bullshit. It's not going to work. And then it works. And they're like, oh, shit. But he picks yeah. up Child's Petri dish, and Child's is like, let's do it. And he's clean. Yeah. And so's Gary. And that's when Gary goes, <laughs> if it's not too much trouble. <laughs> I know you gentlemen have been through a lot. <laughs> And then they decide to go ask Blair questions at this point. They're going to go give him the test. Couch. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the the door is broken open, and Blair, for the second time, is being difficult to find. <laughs> and I'm a little bit confused about it though, because the door was broken open, but then the like underground area that they end up going to <laughs> isn't it through the area that he was being kept in? Here's what I think happened. He broke open the front door to go get parts from the helicopter and the snowcats uh. and stuff. And then went... And, like, I just picture Wilford Brimley, like, burrowing through the snow like a little gopher or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> he makes himself, like, a really nice three-bedroom apartment below that yeah. shack. Like, yeah. Here's my science bay. It's like an igloo mansion. It's like... But I just wanted, we skipped over, but there's a part, and it's kind of sad, where he goes back... Um, oh. They go to ask... Um, uh, I already I keep Blair. forgetting Blair, his name, Blair. If he saw Fuchs, they go. They go to ask Blair if he saw Fuchs and if he knows anything else about. Like they, they kind of just want to talk to him. And and when they open the little peephole, which I don't know why there's a like a, a little window in their shack, <laughs> but there's a noose. The like, shack slash yeah. brig he's tied himself a noose as he's like he's like I'm gonna come inside. Like I'm okay now. Like I'm so I won't hurt anybody. Don't, don't look at that. Um, and yeah. they're looking. <laughs> through the noose to talk to him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's just like not talking about this noose thing there. And it's kind of really sad. It's sad, but also a little eerie because like yeah. he made this for himself and he planned on killing himself, but then why didn't he? And then he's asking mm-hmm. to come inside and everything seems fine. I won't hurt anybody. I'm, like, I'm not going to harm anybody. Just let me back. I was, I was ill, but now I'm okay. I'm well now. <laughs> like, I'm not going to hurt anybody. I won't harm anybody. Yeah, it's really kind of sad and eerie and you find out later that he was probably lying yeah but it's just sort of sad to see that noose there and they don't i love the fact that nobody acknowledges it he says like <laughs> i'm fine now and he's like all right like, closes the door or closes the window yeah um okay so anyway they're down in the the igloo mansion <gasps> what do they find down there um a partially assembled assembled assembled, assembled yes. um communication device Right? I thought it was a ship. End ship? Yeah, I don't I, understand. Like, he was probably going to, like, separate his head and put it in the ship so it could, like, fly away. <laughs> they made a comment that he was trying to reach others, though. Oh, he was just like, trying to get out. Like, he was just trying to get out of the facility to uh, get to Oh, yeah, because somebody, I think Gary is like, where was he going to go? And McCready was like, anywhere but here. Yeah. yeah. So, a lot of movies, especially back in, like, the 90s and 80s, 80s and 90s, Red <laughs> Order, did this where... You could somehow construct something by taking pieces from something else and making it perfect. There's nothing on Earth that works that way that you could just take apart and build into an entirely different now, device. Listen, elements are the same throughout the universe. So this alien has clearly advanced knowledge of how to build some shit like this out of the shit that you find on Earth. 
I'm not saying he couldn't have built it. I'm saying that he couldn't have taken like a rector set style, all these bits and pieces from other things and made them fit together that perfectly. He like, would have he was had making... to weld them and Did shit. you look around his little ice cave? He had a uh, acetylene torch. He had workbenches. He had tools, Did hammers. He had smelting equipment. And also, uh, uh, what's that? Also, what's... he's a fucking alien. What's the... <laughs> Are they called blanks whenever you melt something down and pour it into a mold? And like, is it called a blank when it's made for super high heat? Oh, I don't know, but anyway, sure. like just anyway. the way that it was all like. I know they used to call him pigs in the old iron forging days. Well, okay, but <laughs> he didn't have any pigs down there. <laughs> anyway, my point is that it just seemed like it was it was being constructed too perfectly. Like all the panels were a weird shape, and it's I don't know. Maybe, my point is, why don't you go be an alien somewhere and then tell me how you got back to Earth? Maybe I am. Hmm. All right, so <laughs> oh shit, I've been outed, guys. <laughs> You're a thing. You're a thing. Okay, we're good. <laughs> That's true. The ultimate test is just gonna say like, I think you're infected, and like, no, I'm not infected. I think you're infected, and then they just start going. And you're like, yep. Burn them. I don't want to just bring... make an accusation. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to bring something else up from the prequel, especially since Victor wants to watch it. But spoilers for the prequel. Yeah, at some point. These, the two copter pilots, they're going to take out a guy that's been injured and, like, another guy that's looking after him. One of those guys was a thing. They were leaving <laughs> to go to, like, South America. Like, I think Chile's really close to Antarctica. Some parts of it are. They were leaving. And the thing, like, I don't know, just can't, like, fucking hold it in and is like, Bwah! and, like, the helicopter crashes. <laughs> like, that was its best shot to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe it learned. It's on a timer. <laughs> it learned just a little bit, a little bit more, and was, was enough to be a little bit more of a threat when it got. The only to thing I can facility. think is that it's like a compulsion for it. Like when it sees another human, it's like I gotta have that. Like <laughs> it will be mine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they go back to find. I already forgot his name again. Where they make the ship Blair. go boom boom, and then they look in the basement, and then they. Perfectly the rolls that diamond. That was the a hole good in shot. The snow. <laughs> yeah, the snow hole, the ice hole, right in the snow hole. <laughs> so they blow that up, and then so how liberal they are about potential infection is one of my biggest issues with the movie. And the second biggest issue I have with this movie is that they make a plan that none of them are going to get out of each other's sight because that's the only way they can ensure that they can all protect each other. They've already confirmed that all of them are safe, and then. Literally 30 minutes later, in their time, not our time, in movie time, 30 minutes later, they go down into another basement to to check the generator. And he says, like, is, you know, is a generator, can we fix it? And he's like, the generator's gone. It's literally gone, which I assume he means he took it somehow. Oh, yeah, I guess. Like, took it to the shed. But the thing's plan now is to just freeze the base and freeze in the ice again. And yeah, wait until they come and get it. Let a rescue team find it. And then they're like, okay, let, let's set our charges. And then they fucking split up. Like, <laughs> they split up further than eyesight away from each other after just saying the only way they can protect each other is if they all stay together. <laughs> and I'm just so fucking mad about that. Like, it just doesn't make any sense at all. So, yeah, I, I just uh, I had a pretty serious problem with that because it doesn't make any sense. And McCready is the one who's directing them to do this. He's like, go, go <laughs> lay your charges after being the sounding board, like the, the sound voice voice of reason for the entire movie. Until yeah. now. The sound of reason. <laughs> the sound of reason. <laughs> it's the prequel to the sound of music. <laughs> <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of reason. <laughs> just McCready in his giant hat coming over the mountain. <laughs> So anyway, 
as they're all laying their charges, something happens. Who would like to talk about that? Well, Gary's laying his bundle, and then Blair things him, puts his hand over his mouth, and like it starts like sinking in. Oh god, it's peeling so awful. his skin off like yeah. it's a latex yeah. mask. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and you don't see what happens to Nalls, but yeah. he gets it too. And then McCready's like, how's it going back there? I said, how's it? And he stops and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, he realizes that there's no reason for them not to answer. And that's when he very, like, comically just yeah, pulls the plunger up on the salamander. <laughs> Better get this ready. <laughs> I, I really like the way the thing came at him. Yeah. Because it's like, Tremors. it's under the floorboards or something. But, yeah. like, you just see, like, a chair, like, stacked chairs. And it just, like, and then, like, it just... Yeah. You know, it's like um, I I thought it was the first Tremors, but there's a there's a part like that wherever it starts coming under the floor and it starts lifting all the mm-hmm. floorboards mm-hmm. in succession. I think it's at the grocery store. It is. Yeah, which obviously this came before. We're that. gonna do Tremors sometime. We absolutely. I give you my word on that. I fucking mm-hmm. love that movie. It's a great fucking movie. American. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's super cool. And he like dives out of the way and drops the dynamite, and it like Cthulhu style tentacle thing comes out of the floor and just sort of whoop takes the plunger with it. This salamander. is mine, bitch. <laughs> the salamander. Takes it. <laughs> it goes back under the ground. Under the ice. But then it rises up. For some reason. And it's half of its head is Wilford Brimley and the other half is like a horrible dog maw thing. of some kind. And then like a dog comes out of its oh, that's finger. Right. Yeah. And um, it's like <laughs> And he goes, well, fuck you, too. And he throws his stick of dynamite at it and it obliterates it. But he somehow has enough time to run up the two flights of steps <laughs> and out the building before it all explodes. <laughs> in the time that it takes for him to, for the dynamite to leave his hand and end up in this Wilford Brimley dog Palmer <laughs> construction. Knowles <laughs> construction. Just, and it's a big fucking explosion. It's it like. Well, I think the rest of their charges went off, yeah, too. Yeah, it's like. 10, 15, 6 of dynamite at least, then it's just is a massive explosion. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then also, everything's burning. We kind of skipped over the part where Childs uh, is left in the facility and is told that if anybody but the two of them comes back to burn them. Yeah. But they go to check on. I literally cannot remember. Blair. Name. Blair. And that's when they go find the ice cave. So something happens while they're in the uh, shack where they were keeping Blair. And they see that Childs comes out. Uh, and it's not until after the giant explosion that Childs just casually walks back again. Like, I was just doing this r- r- random excuse. Did you just say random excuse? Yeah. <laughs> it's very thin logic. But I think the the reasoning there, or the, the explanation there is, um, McCready basically says, even if you are a thing, there's nothing I can do about it. And Childs says, I suppose there isn't. And, like, <laughs> and they just sit there together. Drink and- scotch. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. Wild Turkey, That's right? The end of the movie. No. Jim Beam. It was JB. Oh, it was. I don't know why I was thinking. <laughs> Scotch. Wild Turkey. <laughs> Doesn't come from around here. Oh. I thought that it was it was Jim Beam because I just saw the giant JB. No, JB Scotch. It's from Scotland. Is it? Yes. Is it made by a guy named JB? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not Jim Beam? <laughs> All right. Max, you talk about things that you liked. Well, I like the whole movie. What was your favorite part? My favorite part, I think, was when Palmer turns thing and, like, 
McCready finally gets his flamethrower working and he burns him. And, like, it's coming, like, towards and past him. And as it does, he, like, backs up and, like, he slams into the wall behind him, you know, and he's as he's yeah. watching it go. Like, you can't... It's hard to fake that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, my favorite part of the movie was the part that I said was like a Mel Brooks movie because I thought it yeah. was really funny. <laughs> I don't know. Just, it felt kind of out of place in this movie, but it was also just funny. Yeah, kind of. It almost feels like they should pan over to the monster and pan back and having two people like holding each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my favorite part of the movie. Hmm. That's, it's uh, so tough because there's a lot of really, really Really good practical effects, which is something I'm, I love a lot. Rob Botton is the practical effects guy in this movie. I would say my favorite part is the look of concern on everybody's faces while they're doing the blood test. Mm. Everyone, regardless mm. of whether or not they're a creature, it doesn't matter. It, I really like that scene because it really does. Like I said, it adds another layer to it where you start to ask yourself, like, would they even know? And maybe they don't. So, yeah, I like that a lot. Max, least favorite part? My least favorite part was when Kurt Russell scrunched up his face when he knew he was mm. about to needle the blood that was infected. Because <laughs> McCready wouldn't have known that. In fact, he didn't think Palmer was the thing. He thought yeah. Gary was. So so I might be able to get you to take half a star off for that. We'll see about that. But the one thing about that that I will say that I appreciate it is that a lot of times in older movies, there's a tell where when they change the frame to hide someone's physical feature, like half of them being in the floor so they can like rip them in half or something, that's a dead giveaway that something's going to happen. So he holds the Petri dish in one way for two tests, mm-hmm. and then for two tests, it's a prosthetic hand. So at least that it is, it's, it's more than one test that they switch to the other view to hide the prosthetic hand so that they can have the blood come out. So there's at least one test they do with the prosthetic hand to kind of blend it in a little bit better, which I appreciate. Sure. But you're right. He does give a pretty good tell. Like in movies, whenever they, you know, someone's going to get shot and they walk away, like kind of when just a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Sorry, Kitty, least favorite part. Um, Let's guess. The dogs getting killed. Them shooting the dog in the beginning. It was cold. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Fuck those dogs. It was cold. <laughs> I mean, it, like, I I resigned during, um, I think, our very first episode, Mercy Black. I think I resigned that I can't say about the dog every single time. So I try <laughs> <No>. to not. <laughs> I do think 30 Days of Night did have more dog death in this than yes. this movie did. And I may have actually used that as my least favorite thing in 30 Days of Night because there did. were so many of them. Anyway, what was your least favorite part? The what's-his-face. Ben Foster in that accent. Yeah. Don't <laughs> give me what I want to eat. Don't give me what I want to drink. Um, my least favorite part, and I'm surprised. Well, I guess it makes sense. Uh, I was going to say I'm surprised Max didn't pick. <sighs> um, they're both really glaring. But I would say, in general, even worse than them splitting up at the end is the blood thing. Like, them just not being careful, even <laughs> after they realize how incredibly infectious this is and how Fucking dangerous idiots. it is, just not being careful. Although, I, I'm saying these things, and it's kind of like whenever I'm watching true crime shows, and mm. I'm like, ah, oh, fucking idiot left his fingerprints there. Like, <laughs> I wasn't there. I don't know what kind of, like, maybe they didn't have all that kind of equipment there. True. Like, I, I mean, imagine. And any, they have been awake for a few days and still drinking and stuff. Any of us just committing a murder being like, where's my wallet? <laughs> oh, fuck. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> 
so yeah. I can see, like, Fuchs running in and being like, this thing can infect you just through blood. And, like, it looks over and I'm, like, extracting blood from somebody and be like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no gloves. What are you talking about? Should I stop this? Like, <laughs> elbows. I'm just giving myself a little bit of a transfusion. <laughs> no blood, elbows deep in the weird amalgam you brought back from the other base being like, what? Chewing on a piece of it. <laughs> it tastes like bubble gum. <laughs> Oh, this part's definitely stomach bile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Max, scariest part. Scariest part. Oh, jeez. Hmm. I think the scariest part for me would have been when Norris's body, like, bit the doctor's arms off and, like, exploded and, like, came apart and stuff. Because I think that's the first time, if I had been there, that I would have been like, fuck. Like, like you saw that, right? Like... And then realizing that his head came off and became a separate creature. Like, like I can't deal with this. Like, <laughs> um, I think the scariest part for me would be the, um, the dog creature. Like whenever it, the dog was like exploding and stuff in mm. the, in the pen with the other dogs, mm. because like, yeah, the Norwegian base was like, okay, what the fuck happened here? But then, like, that's the the dog doing all that shit. Like, that's the first time that you're like, Jesus fuck. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and, I mean, you have no idea how to control it or defeat it or anything, so. That is your real first glimpse at the thing. Yeah. I would also argue the Norwegian shouting at me, pointing a rifle at me, would have also been very scary. Yes. Because yeah. I don't know what he wants. I don't understand what he's saying. Like, I don't like I I'm out of the way, man. Like whatever, just yeah. <laughs> and presumably he was he was saying something along along lines of like get out of the way so I can shoot it, it'll kill you all. Yeah, but I think he was trying to warn them. But so okay, if there is a dog rushing towards me, that is presumably a a trained dog. It's not a wild dog. It looked like a husky. Well, there are no wild dogs in Antarctica. And. <laughs> Somebody is shooting at it. I think my first thought would be that it was rabid. Mm. Like, my first thought would be, yeah. like, I gotta get the fuck away from this dog. I definitely wouldn't let it near probably me. probably something yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. That's a pretty good point. And, like, I don't know. But then again, in the moment, like, you're just like, what is, what, why, why is this happening? So, I don't know. The dog was licking Benning's face, too. It was. Yeah. By the by. Victor? Man, that's a a really tough choice. I think for me, it would have been the minute they found Bennings. Because up until that point, Bennings, right? Bennings, the the older red-haired man. Yeah. So whenever they come back and he's not there and they run out uh, because they realize it's, it's out in the... It went out the window and they go out to find it. That would have been your first moment that you realize that this thing can impersonate people. And that it will try to survive however it can because it ran out into the cold to get away from them to give itself more time to, you know, assimilate basically or to, to um, make a better representation. So you would have realized that this thing is smart enough to be incredibly dangerous because it's not just a rabid creature that will take on the form of anything and then murder other things. Like it's actually intelligent, like it's intelligent enough to try to preserve itself. And, and that, that would be the first time you realize that it could be someone else, too. Human. Like, that would be <laughs> horrifying. And then having to burn someone that you presumably spent the past six, eight months with, seeing every day uh, that's become you've become pretty close to. And at one point, doesn't Gary say that? That 
this is someone that was his friend like yeah what did yeah. He, what does he say he's like i've known him for eight he's like years. bennings like he he that thing was becoming bennings and he's like i don't know what you're saying i've i've known bennings for for years he's yeah. my best friend yeah like that's just awful having to burn someone that you you know and have known for a long time but it's not them anymore all yeah. right i'm going to add one more scary part and it would have been at the end when McCready and Childs like would realize that like you're gonna freeze to death at some point. Yeah. There's nowhere to go, nowhere to escape to, and nothing you can do. Well, that was and Childs just everything. very casually like warmed things up for now, but I mean it's gonna get real fucking cold <laughs> yeah. here soon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you just have to hope that someone's monitoring some kind of activity and there's enough <laughs> heat to kind of maybe draw somebody close. But yeah, it's a crapshoot. All right, so Max, what was your overall rating? Overall rating, I'm giving it a nine and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half stars because of the of Kurt Russell scrunching his face up. Okay. Kitty, overall rating. Oh. Fuck you. No way. Mm-mm. This is not my kind of horror movie. Oh, nothing's your kind of movie anymore. I don't like creature features. I don't, don't like, like aliens. Anymore. I don't like the cold. I don't like that they killed all the fucking dogs. Like, it's just not my scene. <laughs> the, and honestly, the what gives it a four? Like, there's one point for the acting and then three points for the special effects. Okay. You're entitled to your opinion. Whatever. I don't it even just, care. It, I, I, will, I, will, I won't watch this movie again. Good. I don't want you to. I don't okay. want you like putting your eye stuff on it when I could be watching it. Okay. <laughs> you act like I rub my eyes on the TV like in order to watch things. It depends on how much you've had to smoke. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this movie an 8 out of 10. That's better. Simply because I'm really bothered... I feel like there are other ways that could have handled the end. And that for me, it takes two stars off simply because, or two points off, whatever, because I like McCready the whole way through is being super careful and he's trying his best to, to keep everyone safe. And there's absolutely no reason other than that. They just needed them to be separated because they couldn't figure out a better way to do it for him to have them get separated. Like there's no other good reason for it. Is that a cat jumping? I don't know. I did that a minute ago. Oh, maybe that's what it was. So I just, I feel like they could have come up with a more, more, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. A a way to get the, uh, to get Niles and uh, Gary taken care of. Knowles. I keep saying Niles. Knowles and Gary taken care of without it being like them splitting up. I just feel like it was really, I I don't hate to use the word lazy, but it just didn't work. I didn't like it. Um, So yeah, eight out of 10, simply for that, that, Decision alone. You have to agree it was better than Halloween. Oh, I think he made a big step up. <laughs> um. <laughs> Are we getting shot at right now? I don't know. <laughs> Are there Norwegians outside? <laughs> um. Uh, uh, I don't know. All right. My horror rating... <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 for horror. This movie had everything that I liked. Um, there was very little of this movie that I didn't like yeah. uh, in general. Um, yeah, 10 out of 10 for horror. I mean, the special effects were fantastic. And it must have been so hard for Rob Botton to make all this stuff and then just have Kurt Russell burn it with a flamethrower. 
Yeah. Like he spent probably weeks upon weeks making all of these prosthetic things and then... <laughs> oh, not, we didn't get that take. We gotta make another one. <laughs> I'm also gonna go... That part where shit. Norris was on the table and his body exploded and stuff, mm-hmm. they actually put his head... Like, they had, like, a prosthetic body and mm-hmm. then his head, like, up at the neck. And the first time they shot that, like, the whole thing caught fire. It was, like, a really big thing and, like, they wasted a whole day of shooting. Because, oh. like, all the all the stuff that he had Sucks. for, like, the blood and the spewing stuff was, like, I guess super flammable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I would be terrified. Because presumably he was laying under or very close to that if his head was there. Yeah, like, so. he was, like, crouched under the table, you know. So they had to, like, get him out yeah. real quick. Help, and help, help. <laughs> It's like there's an, there's an outtake for MST3K where they had some kind of like small fire near Crow's head and his eyeballs catch fire because they're right. made of they're made of foam and he just goes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> there's like three feet of flame off the top of his head. Um, uh, you probably didn't hear me because you started talking over sorry. me, but I also give it a four for whatever. I didn't even want to hear what you had to say about it. It's not scary. It's not. Yeah, it was Halloween for like, you. For me, I'm also going to give it a 10 out of 10 because this movie absolutely... You're like just Max. doing that to please Max. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, this movie, like, it, for me, it, it it is terrifying. The whole idea is terrifying. The isolation factor, the, the way that the people start to turn on each other so fast is horrifying and having the you know turn on your friends and like potentially burn your allies and like never trust anyone and like at this point they've gone presumably two or three days without sleeping like mccready says at one point that he's so tired because he 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 can't sleep because he can't trust anyone but himself and that whole thing like your your ability to reason and to to uh correctly analyze a situation to to come up with a, a good solution to any issue goes down exponentially for every hour past i think 12 hours that you stay awake like i mean it might be a little bit more than that. it might be closer to 16 but at a certain point when you are out of sleep uh i think it's maybe 48 hours you actually start to lose permanently lose brain capacity you start to kill yourself mm. um because your your brain needs time to um well, I think it's your body produces hormones and things your brain needs to survive. So you literally start to kill yourself the longer you stay awake um, and you start doing permanent damage to your brain. Um, but anyway, so that that whole idea of being that tired and that isolated and like having no hope while also trying to save everyone because you realize that your life is not worth trillions of lives that will be destroyed if this thing gets out. Like, trillions? Let's dial that down a little bit. I think right now the population of Earth is around 7 billion. Billions. Bill Gates billions. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the 10 out of 10 for me because the whole thing is just terrifying. Thank you. Uh, okay. um, it is... Interesting fact. The Se- base... Go ahead. 7.8 billion. Seven, yes. Holy shit. You were really close. Because I when I was a kid it was like 6 something billion we just keep people, fucking and making more I babies, say, a lot I guess. Of getting busy. Um, yeah, we can dial that back too. <laughs> a lot of pandemic spawn coming. A lot of pandemic spawn. I keep it in my pants, ladies and gentlemen. Mostly. Um, <laughs> Not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> 
What can I you say? You left it wide fucking open. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, <laughs> when they go to the blown up Norwegian base, that was actually the American base after it was all blown up and burned. Mm-hmm. So and they so they shot that last and just used that as the blown out Norwegian base. You know what I would watch instead of watching this again? I would watch the prequel because I feel like I have a- I have answers that I need questions for. <laughs> I have questions wow. that I need answers. That's such for. a douche time traveler thing to say. <laughs> we have the answers. We need to find the questions. <laughs> so like this I'm- is not Jeopardy. <laughs> That's such a douche time traveler thing to say. (laughs) Well, I think you should at least watch the prequel once. I I may, because I, like, I do. Like, I would like to know what happened before. I'd like to watch it there now once. It does. Watching it after watching this, it it makes a lot more sense. And. Because they. And. We whine a lot about movies holding our hands through things, but I felt like I could have had just, just like, a little bit more hand-holding in this movie. Well, just a tiny, tiny, like, just a pinky. I like that. I like that we don't know what happened to the thing that came out of, the, like, that extricated itself from the dog and went out the ceiling. Like, presumably, that is what eventually got to... Blair. Blair. That's the I mean, one. there was other little thin critters running around. I mean, the blood was running around somewhere. That's very true, actually. <laughs> All right, so I don't think we have any housekeeping stuff. But then again, how long can a parasitic organism survive without a host? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not very long, especially when you're using your entire essence to roll across a dirty well, surface. I will tell you this: the original thing was encased in the ice for a hundred thousand years. Okay. And didn't die. Okay, but like it suspended animation, so even if it was slowly burning up its host, that would have stopped. Until it thought out again. Okay. Give me another science thing. I want to pretend I know nope. stuff. Okay, anyway, so pick is it? it's mine. Oh, you better pick good, because I am going to be so hard on it. Oh, uh, no, right. well, after you've subjected me to zombie movies and The Thing over the past. The Thing is not a zombie movie. Um, I said and The Thing. Zombie yeah, movies and, You're gonna and say The every Thing. Every single movie that either one of us pick that isn't exactly the kind of movie that you want to watch, you're going to be like, after you subjected me to this thing that isn't my very narrow <laughs> my very narrow idea of what a horror movie is. What did you pick is. so I can shit on it? <laughs> I'm making you watch Ari Aster again. We're watching Hereditary. Ari Aster. Midsummer. Uh, I don't want to watch Hereditary. Well, that's fine. You're going to anyway. I didn't want to watch the thing. It's not my kind of movie. Here we fucking are. I don't like movies like that. I couldn't decide between Hereditary and The Invitation. Well, when it comes around my turn again, we're doing a cure for wellness. Is <clears throat> If you were uncomfortable in uh, with the arguments in Midsummer. That feeling of being uncomfortable, like being a fly on a wall for an actual real life argument that makes you feel really uncomfortable because it's so real, <laughs> is pretty much 99% of the invitation. That feeling <laughs> oh, of just God. being so uncomfortable and freaked out. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about I it, think I don't know that it's considered a horror movie. When we were watching that movie, I think I may have crawled inside myself <gasps> the invitation to get away. The Invitation. Or, uh, well, let's make sure Hereditary is a horror movie, shall we? Sure. Probably. Hereditary is horror drama. Horror drama. Oh, God. No, it is Antebellum takes place 
Way back uh, when. Successful author Veronica Henry is finishing a book tour before she returns to her home and her husband and daughter. But a shocking turn of events is about to upend Veronica's existence, plunging her into horrifying reality that forces her to confront her past, present, and future before it's too late. She gets, like, thrust back into the days of the Underground Railroad, I think. That's not what I'm thinking of. Um... I don't know. But anyway, so thank you guys for listening. Super duper appreciate it. And um, yeah, we'll, uh, I guess, catch you next time after Hereditary. Thanks for listening to Hounds of Horror. You can email us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com or just get a pigeon and hope that it finds us when you put a small, small letter on it. Uh, just a couple of letters, actually, is really all they can hold, I think. What? Pigeon mail? I think there's like a letter cap for how many how many letters you can have on a pigeon mail. I don't know. We'll look into it. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.